Uh, time for another Two Whatever's Way Up. I'm your host, Jesse. Today I have with me Seth. Hello. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. And also we have a guest today, uh, Heather Antos from IDW. How are you, Heather? Well, hello. I'm all right. I've, I, uh, I, I've decided to drink a cold brew in the coldest room of the apartment in January, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> could, could be warmer. <laughs> Damn. No way to start the day. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. Well, Heather, yeah. what are you working on over there at IDW currently? I'm very curious to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a senior editor over at IDW, currently in charge of the Star Trek line, where we just did a really uh, big relaunch in October, Star Trek number one by Jackson Lanzig and Colin Kelly and Ramon Rosanis. Um, it's it's really exciting. We're, we're building up to... Um, a new series called Defiant, where Worf finally captains the Defiant that comes out in March, leading to a big summer crossover event called Day of Blood. Uh, so big things for Star Trek over in the comics world right now. That's awesome. That's so cool. I'm. Um, I, I we we have a new kind of group of uh, Gen Z audience coming to us from TikTok. I'm curious if like, would you mind describing what an editor does in the comic book world, just kind of briefly for anyone like interested in jobs in this world? I, I like to just kind of like poke the bear a little bit and see what these jobs look like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the closest correlation I often say with a comic book editor is being that of like a producer in television or film. Um, I oversee, you know, casting and budgets and schedules and concepts and, 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 wow. uh, for all the hats. All the hats. Um, and I'm a bit of a psycho. I'm working on over 30 different projects at once right now. Um, <laughs> that's not including uh, all the like freelance art and other stuff that I do. So uh, it's a lot, but I love it. Um, lots of coffee, cold brew, as I said before so um but yeah you you um help come up with concepts and ideas you source new talent you work directly with the talent like i give notes on scripts i give notes on art sometimes i'm doing my own art corrections and with licensed properties like you know the star trek star wars things like that i'm working very closely with um those those licenses as well story group with lucasfilm or the people at paramount for star trek um to make sure everything is kosher and in line with their brand guidelines so yeah yeah that's so interesting that's really cool and and from what i've been reading you had kind of an interesting journey into this world do you mind just really briefly touching on like how you got into this yeah, um, so my background originally is in theater and film. That's what I did all up until I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Theater <laughs> um, kids! Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I started getting an interest in working in comics, I, um, you know, I had, I had just graduated college. Uh, so interning was kind of out of the question as most places require you to intern for college credit so they don't have to pay you. Uh, and wow. <laughs> so, uh, yay, America. Um, <laughs> so I decided to kind of create my own internship and began self-publishing my own work and uh, reaching out to editors and just kind of asking, you know, what it is that they want to do via Twitter, like any good millennial. Um <laughs> And yeah, I happen to be decent at it, I guess, <laughs> um, and made a lot of contacts and networking and, you know, really just doing the work, right? Like that's what they, for, for most creative industries, right? You want to be an artist, you have to draw, you want to be a writer, you have to write. And for me being right. an editor, I just started editing um, and learning on the job um, and been doing it for about 10 years now. Yeah, and with thirty different projects in the works, like it, that's it sounds like you've got that spirit of collaboration in you. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, coming from theater and film, right? Like it's, it's just that is what it is. <laughs> you know, it, it is a, getting a group of creative people in a room together to. Uh, work cohesively on a project for a deadline. Um, the show must go on, right? right. Um, so it's it's very much in that same spirit. Funnily enough, actually, a lot of when I started at Marvel, um, a lot of the other editors there came from theater backgrounds as well. So yeah. it's it's actually fairly common. 
That's so cool. Hmm. Um, so you had mentioned that you did a lot of your networking via Twitter. Would you like to let uh, everyone know where they can check you out if they want to network in the same way and reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram or any other social media, Mastodon, Hive, whatever the kids are using these days, um, <laughs> at, at, at Heather Antos, um, just my name. Um, technically, I do have a TikTok account, but I don't use it. I don't even have the app, so don't reach out to me there. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I've, 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 we're making the transition that way. Actually, that's where a lot of our new audience is coming in from now. And so uh, the TikTok crowd's kind of hungry for movie podcasts. And hey, that's what we're here to do, right, Jesse? Um, yeah. yeah. The topic of the day, we're discussing the the issues with the MCU versus the DCEU. And uh, I figured since Heather had, you've worked for Marvel in the past. I don't think you've worked for DC in the past, have you? Uh, not in the comics. No, I've done some consulting and other things, but not comics. Gotcha, yeah. Ow! Yeah. So I figured it'd be good to have somebody on board that uh, understands the comic world and compare it to the film world and how these two different universes are stacking up against each other, the positives and negatives, and what we'd like to see happening in the future. So... Where, where do we want to start? <laughs> yeah, we so we recently did one of these episodes with Ulrich from Geeks with Shields about the state of Star Wars, and I thought that would be a cool kind of way to start this. What is the state of where we kind of see the MCU right now, where we see the DCEU? We're not pitting them against each other, but just kind of like, what does the snapshot look, at, look like right now? Where do you feel like we've landed? I finally just got to see Black Panther last night. Um, oh, yeah, how'd you I'm, like it? Uh, I loved it. I was it was really good. I like it's it's a it's definitely a middle movie. Like it's it's the it's it's a transitional story. But I think sometimes you can have fun getting lost in the weeds and that kind of stuff. And that movie didn't seem afraid to do. I mean, it. I liked it. I'll put it that way. I liked it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I'm woefully just now getting getting caught up. So I'm I'm really curious. Like where Phase Four is kind of wrapping up. Um. The DC is kind of in its own upset. Where are you guys uh, seeing things shake down as we start 2023? Uh. I mean, for me, it's it's so it's so interesting. Um. Watching these two very very successful brands, you know, kind of what's the Robert Frost? There's two paths in the road. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, not to get too pretentious with this, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just been so fascinating over the last, what, 15 years going on 20, the, the very mm -hmm. two different branches, these superhero universes have taken and yeah. where they found success and where they haven't. And um, you know, to me personally, I think we're, we're starting to get to a time where Marvel in the next, you know, I think this next year for Marvel is going to be very telling what direction mm. the MCU will take. We're, we're definitely starting to feel that superhero fatigue between, you know, the, the four to six movies a year on top of all of the television yeah. shows and God, I, I don't know if it's necessarily fatigue. Sorry to kind of, I don't know if it's, it, it's more like it, the criticism is becoming more apparent. I th I think it goes both ways. I you know I think it's bringing Star Wars into the conversation. I think one of the things that was most refreshing for me about watching Andor, for instance, is Andor just mm. got to exist on its own. Um, right. You didn't have to like, oh my god, I have to watch this show right now because if I don't watch it right now, I'm going to miss the Easter eggs, and then I'm not going to be able to see the movie when it comes out on opening day. You know, like there's there's a lot of that happening to me at least with the MCU where for instance, the first uh, hour of uh, the most recent Spider-Man movie was really set up for Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're, we're getting that in all of the TV shows. Like, what movie is this TV show setting up? Can't this TV show just exist in its own bubble? Can't this movie just exist, exist in its own bubble? Can't, you know, I just want to be able to enjoy these characters and their stories. And that, quite frankly, was refreshing about black panther yeah, was i was gonna say the same thing the majority of that film just got to exist within that film itself right. um which is is unfortunately isn't is is a rarity it feels and you know without the main cast of the avengers going forward you know 
if you asked me 10 years ago, would Paul Rudd, Ant-Man, be the last remaining <laughs> character pulled of the Avengers and the one that's leading into Phase 4 and Phase 5, I would have lost nice. a lot of money. Um, so I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be really, really telling to see, you know, what the state of the MCU is going to be going forward. Um, in that regard and then god who knows dcu <laughs> right so, so wh where do you place the highlight of the dceu then i guess is probably the better question like, like where where did they hit their stride there's, there's not many options on that one seth <laughs> there there isn't and you know i will i will um up front, I will say, and Jesse and I have talked about this a little bit offline, I haven't watched a lot of the DCU films. Um, just personally of the, they haven't looked interesting to me. Um, you know, I haven't seen Justice League. I haven't seen Batman v Superman. Uh, most of the Snyderverse films I haven't seen. I haven't seen Aquaman. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of Ayn Rand's objectivist <laughs> posturing. Yeah. Um, That's and, what it is. <laughs> and I really, you know, I really did enjoy uh, the Batman, but does that count as DCU? Uh, doesn't sound like yeah. it, you know. <laughs> like it doesn't. Sounds doesn't... like its own thing, right? Did you Which... dip into like Peacekeeper or the the new Suicide Squad or anything like that? I did watch the new Suicide Squad. Um, I haven't watched Peacekeeper yet. Uh, I've heard it's great, and I'm, and I'm sure it is. Yeah, peacemaker. Peacemaker, peacemaker yeah. yeah, and I'm and I'm sure it's fantastic. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, I've you know I really really enjoyed. I know it's been controversial, but I personally really enjoyed Birds of Prey. Um, and I dug a lot of it. Yeah, I was. I was yeah, a, yeah. Of a ton of it. Yeah. Um, that, I, that, but that's kind of that's my critique of I think everything that I've watched from both of these universes for the last five years I, I walk out with no i i dug a ton of that uh there was a, a little bit that i didn't like and i dug a ton of it and that's just always been my critique yeah i think that's i think that's really um fair it's 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 i guess the thing that's been really frustrating with the dcu aside from just mm. you know it's so obvious the top-down studio involvement um <laughs> it's, it's, it is so obvious i mean <laughs> Uh, you you look at the Wonder Woman films, for instance, right? Like you can tell those films what is Patty Jenkins and what is Warner Brothers oh, <laughs> or what is Zack Snyder's. Uh, like you you can tell, um, and uh, and and it's just so few of those films have something to say. Um, mm, yeah, you know, Birds of Prey had something to say. The Suicide Squad, whether you liked it or not, had something to say. Um, mm. You know, Wonder Woman. Two thirds of it had something to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and and the rest is just you know it kind of just exists. <laughs> yeah, it yeah they just kind of paint in and fill in the cracks here and there where they can. Uh, well, Jesse, how about you? Where where do you land with the MCU? I think you've recently caught up on kind of everything at this point, including the shows. Uh, the only one I haven't finished was Ms. Marvel. Um, not that it was. I didn't hate it. I I I think it's fine. It's just it. I'm just not the target audience. No. Yeah. Exactly. I had the same. It, it's very. It's very for for teenagers. It's a. It's a. It's much more of a teenage show. It feels. It feels a bit like a CW show. It does. It does. It does. And I will not that it you know should make a difference in the reception in any way, shape, or form. But yeah. I'm I'm really good friends with one of the writers on Ms. Marvel. Um. So I have a lot of insider info. And Ms. Mar Marvel was hit really hard by uh covid resurgences um yeah. in the middle of filming like really 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 hard uh i, I noticed that it's like wow they're all kind of standing very far from, apart from each other yeah <laughs> i kind of um, noticed that i was like yeah. oh yeah basically two whole episodes two maybe even three were all done by second unit um because oh, geez. because they were overseas and like the delta and and no one wanted to get stuck over there and and all of this this chaos so like knowing that too and watching it i'm like it's it's pretty good considering all of the shit yeah. that they had to go through 
shockingly, I was going to bring up that that stuff ended up being my favorite stuff when they once the uh, semi spoiler here. And let me just say spoilers kind of across the the mark at this point. In case we haven't said that in the first fifteen minutes here, we will probably spoil some things accidentally. Um, that that ended up being my favorite segment of Miss Marvel. I love the time travel part where the, where you get to jump back there and and see all that. There's a, a a big sprinkling of Indiana Jones over Phase Four, and I'm really dug that so far. Oh, are you trying to say that there's going to be a crossover with Indiana Jones this summer? Is that is that the oh. the spoiler I'm hearing? Man, all right. Harrison Ford is 80 years also, old. Also, also time travel in that movie too. So, are you saying this is the Ms. Marvel Indiana Jones crossover? Is Wait, that is, what the, is, is that what time tra- is that what the Marvel time is? travel? Is that what it is? Uh, there's like hints of it. That's that's what I'm picking up. Is there some stuff with the time travel or I don't know? That's that's what the Marvels is. The Marvels is the crossover with Indiana Jones. You've heard it here first, folks. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> insider information. I'm I'm placing my bets. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're not far from that uh, that point. I, I, watching the Ant Man trailers have have made me realize like that and Guardians and and how towards the stars the MCU is heading and how much it's going to look like and feel like Star Wars and and things like that over the next decade or so. And and maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's like the because you get the house of mouse will own it all, and then they could kind of make everything in every studio lot that they own. It, I get I get the business mind on the back end. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, they got to go back to that Inhumans or not in not Inhumans the um Eternal stuff at some point because no one's addressed that damn thing in the ocean yet. <laughs> that's going to be the Thunderbolts movie, a hundred percent. There's no way that that's not just the center point of the Thunderbolts movie. Okay. I mean, when does Galactus show up is the question. <laughs> is that the question? Um, yeah. Yeah, so so phase 4 specifically. I want to kind of focus in on that. Um what what have we really liked from it? What was the the takeaways? I've kind of felt like it was a very experimental phase for the MCU and I've kind of enjoyed it for that. I'm also the the famously punk rock kid on this show that just, I love it when movies will just kind of like paint outside of the lines. So I've been kind of digging this. I'm curious, Heather, have you, what, what of phase four have you been into? What have you really liked? What stood out to you? Oh my God. I can't even remember what is phase four. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me pull up the list. Cause it is, it yeah, is a fucking it, uh, long list. I'm pulling, I'm just... pulling it up. Yeah. Thank you. COVID. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so many movies. Wasn't it yeah. wasn't four movies a year in theaters that was scaring me? It's all the TV shows I have to keep up with. It is well. all the TV shows. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, this is so much madness. Okay, so phase four starts with Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder, and Black Panther, just for the film side. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we also got WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and I guess the I Am Groot uh, stuff is is canon as well. And we got two special presentations on top of all this. So, with the buffet laid out for you, Heather, what were you (laughs) munching at the most? Yeah, okay. So, looking at all of this, um, I mean, Werewolf by Night, I think, has to be, like, in my top of things what, what a treat what a, God, what a special little treat that was so so good and done so well and just made me I, I think like my big critique was the film looks too clean I wish they had more grain right like yeah. I think that was really my, my critique on it well everything's shot digital now nothing's shot on film I know, anymore I know Heather's a, review shoot it shittier it'll look better add a filter <laughs> damn it <laughs> Um, so that was really great. Uh, you know, I, I do think one of the biggest treats that I think of phase four is it really showed that they were being ballsier in a lot of the tonal choices that they were making, you know, whether or not they stuck the landing. Right. I think there's still a lot of like that Disney corporate sheen on most, if not all of it. Um, but tonally, you know, and, and how they were telling the story of She-Hulk versus all the 
create a vision behind WandaVision, you know, whether or not they stuck the landing on that show um, is neither here nor there. Like what, what a feat WandaVision was. Um, Werewolf by Night, Doctor Strange, like all of these things. They're taking so many strong tonal shifts and choices and really trying to elevate each of these things and make it stand out on its own has been just such a treat to see and i didn't think we would ever get there and and that just kind of shows the power that this franchise has and how much they listen to fans like i i honestly feel like i see a fan uh kind of edit or or plot hole fix added into each one of these movies of like just a yeah we were listening to you guys like straight up we're just telling you here's john krasinski we don't know if he'll come back but we were listening we were definitely listening for sure, for sure, and, and bring Haley Atwell, you know, bringing her back in there, and yeah. and just everything. No, for sure, a hundred percent. I do think one of the frustrating things, though, in regards to Falcon and Winter Soldier in particular, is uh, is one that really stood out to me. Is wow, that really felt like the first draft of a screenplay that they mm. just kind of chopped up into television show, a television show. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really paced that well um you know well that was that was another issue with covid as well because there was a yes. storyline that was excised which was about a uh, what was it a plague that got out in uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah you can't do that in the middle of uh, covid not not good don't do that probably not a bad so. choice on and i'm also wondering too it, it, like was falcon and the winter soldier the preamble to an even better screenplay off of these ideas i'm really hoping that's the way that the next captain america goes because if this was just the the like the monologue setting all that up they could really go hard in a movie i agree with a, like a screenplay setup well i mean isn't the next one called new world order isn't that what it's called i think so yeah um yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that implies, but you know, I'm I'm sure there's some Disney conspiracy theorist that's like it's them telling us about the real Illuminati. I, I have a feeling it's probably going to be. One can only hope. <laughs> all, all, all the times that Julie Louis Dreyfus shows up in all these movies, I'm like, oh yeah, there. That's that's what it is. Right. That's why she. Spoilers: She shows up a bit in uh, Black Panther two for literally no reason. Like the, the the one thing I would excise in Black Panther two, get rid of Martin Freeman. He's completely useless in the movie. All his storyline doesn't move the plot forward. Well, his his storyline is there so Julia Louise Dreyfus can be there. That's what his storyline is there for. Yeah, that's it. That's you know, and and again, it's that like I I I like his character. I think he's fun. But you're right. Like he serves no purpose to that story. It's it's all his storyline and the Ju- Julia Louise Dreyfus. It's a, that's all just the well. This is for the next movie. Right, it's it's yeah. it's that that yeah. festering symptom of the MCU, and the fact that Ryan Coogler is able to fight Disney to the point of like this is all you get. Props to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I I think I heard it described this way. Um, he is the token white character in in that series, and so that's why he's there. And I kind of am not going to begrudge anybody that, I guess. If Ryan Coogler wants his token white guy, he, they, he, all they call him is colonizer, too. Like, he doesn't have a name in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> God. He's the oh, butt man. of the joke. I mean, I get it. Um, what, what, what have Phase 4 highlights been for you, Jesse? What, what has really caught your attention? Because we've been talking about this shit since the beginning of 2021. Oh God! Um, I mean, definitely far from home. Uh, that was the first like genuinely good MCU Spider-Man movie. I thought Homecoming was just okay, and I did not like Far From Home very much. Um, so No Way Home felt a lot stronger as a story. Mm-hmm. Plus, they got the other two Spider-Man in there. In there, that was that was good. Um, plus, you got fucking. Willem Dafoe brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. They they fixed Electro. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Hawkeye was actually really good, even though I have no reason or will to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, there's no there's no reason to rewatch that one. But God, that show was fun. 
it was so yeah. fun and true to the characters and it you know again it it wasn't set up for another thing it it got to you know it obviously teased bringing the the Netflix characters back but yeah um, yeah you know, and Florence Pugh, I'll watch her in anything. Oh my god, a hundred percent. But that that was just fun, and mm-hmm. and in a way that I don't think the MCU has let themselves be fun. They've allowed themselves to be funny, um, but they haven't allowed yeah. themselves to be fun, and that was yeah. fun. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to bring up is that one of the big criticisms that's been lobbed against the MCU, especially in this fourth phase post. Uh, Thanos is uh there's a lot of jokes and quips and comedy especially in um Thor Love and Thunder where it's incessant and never stops which is probably the reason hey, why I think that's hey, the Jane, that's Jane Stein of cancer it's fucking hilarious <laughs> <sighs> those goats were a real laugh weren't they oh, oh yeah god, screaming in your ear oh god yeah that's probably that's probably the biggest failure of the uh fourth phase is uh Thor, Love and Thunder. I, I've really grown to not really hate it, but I just, what a massive missed opportunity. Yeah, it was, yeah it, that was. Because I'm, I'm reading the Jason Aaron run of Thor right now. It's really good, and it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's very dark and very grim. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was really, really nervous about that film. And, you know, it, it was aggressively mediocre. In so many ways. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how I, I describe a lot of the MCU is just aggressively mediocre. <laughs> yeah. I, somebody asked me which phase was the best phase of Marvel. And I said one and three. Yeah. Two is kind of all over the place. And four is kind of like uh, post endgame. We don't know what to do. Just throw the spaghetti at the wall. Whatever sticks. I lived through phase two in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a daunting time as an MCU fan. I'm not gonna lie that that was a daunting. Yeah, the MCU has been around so long at this point that most recently Iron Man was inducted into the National Film Registry as oh my culturally God. Seriously? significant. Yes, it just got inducted. The first Iron Man is now considered culturally significant. Well, fifteen years ago. I mean, to be fair. It is, but also it is. It's 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 holy it's shit. A very good movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, MCU got a movie into uh, the National Film Registry. Uh, meanwhile, across the street at Warner Brothers, uh, the dumpster fire continues to burn. Um, <laughs> wow, what a segue and uh, so <laughs> colorful too. Because yeah, I watched Black Adam. I haven't oh. had a chance to talk about Black Adam anywhere yet. Um, Go ahead. L- throw throw it up against the wall. What do you think? Okay. All right. I actually went to theaters to watch it. Oh God! What's wrong with you? Uh, well, because I wanted I wanted the experience. Like, if, hey, if, I did if... too. I got the comfy seats at AMC. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch <laughs> something, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna do it in style. It was it was like pay twenty bucks to stream it to my house or pay ten bucks on you know the half off night at the theater and go see it you know with with the nice speakers and the nice chair and um, so I did it that way and honestly uh, I got suckered in the first like twenty or thirty minutes I was like is this movie gonna turn out to be excellent like I am <laughs> so I'm I was so on board with the first twenty minutes or so even the Same. Peanut- even the painted black scene, I was like, "Listen, I love a speedster scene. I'm not going to begrudge this movie. This this is dope." And then the middle of the movie happens, and then the end of the movie happens. <laughs> oh and God! I would have taken a middling middle if it if they could have stuck the landing. But as soon mm-hmm. as CGI skeletons start crawling out yeah. of the earth because you need <laughs> shit to do in your movie, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not interested anymore. I'm out. What what was the point of all that? I was a little disappointed. Especially now that Black Adam 2 is canceled and uh, The Rock has been fired. What was the point of it? Yeah. Uh, So so The Rock can live out his dream. Here's my thing with Black Adam. As someone who has actively avoided most of the DCU um, and was expecting this film to be like, laughably bad and trash fire i was able to go in and just kind of have fun with it um and just kind of laugh along with the cheesiness and i think it was a perfectly great 2005 film 
(laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, if this came out in the time of your Iron Mans, your Van Helsings, like all those cheesy early CGI, whatever, I think it's great. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm about to look up your letterbox and see what your review for Venom was because I feel like it's <laughs> oddly similar. Still haven't watched oh. that one either. So, <laughs> oh man, um, but no, that's so funny. Yeah, 2005. This movie would have rocked the nation. But that's but that's you know, and I think that's I think I tweeted something similar to that. I was like, wow, this is really great. 15 years ago, and it's you know, and 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 I kind of watch it through the vein of not taking it too seriously and. You know, did it fall into some of the Zack Snyder DCU traps of, you know, God, you could cut your film by 20 minutes if you just got rid of the slow-mo and the, you know, overly serious, dark exposition just filling up the space everywhere 100%. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, going through the lens of like, this movie is going to be awful. I was able to quite enjoy it. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't know how doors work and just walks through the walls. I'm like, okay. I, you know, if I could do that, I would too. <laughs> don't tell me. And they you don't ever say like, hey, stop destroying my apartment. <laughs> they do. They do. They say it multiple times, actually. Do they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. And he just doesn't care. <laughs> oh. Like a typical man. (laughs) (laughs) And then they set up that they're going to have a fight between him and Superman, which is not going to happen now. Also, that that would be pointless because it's in The Rock's contract that he can't lose a fight. So I wonder how that fight would turn out. Right. Shit. That would be, I mean. In in his contract, he cannot lose a fight. Neither of them lose then. They just end up agreeing that their mother's name is Martha. And... Oh, versus movies always piss me off because you can't have one side or the other win because you alienate the other side that loses. Like it, it's like, uh, was it Kong versus Godzilla, which came out, was it a year ago, two years ago? Like you can't have Godzilla win because then you alienate the Kong fans. You can't have Kong win because you alienate the, the Godzilla fans. So what do they do? They fight Mecha Godzilla and they become best friends. Like every versus film is the same. Yeah. Yeah. You have to end with a tie. So, yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's what the the audiences are clamoring for when they ask for a versus film, though. Like we know the template; we just want to see our heroes dumped into it. Yeah, each each of them get a good punch in, and then we all become best buds and have a right. Fast and Furious style barbecue at the end. <laughs> so I was I was gonna go back through DC's movies and break them into phases. But if we just go off of the same timeline of like starting from 2021 when both of their phases kicked off, they've only put out three movies and one of them is a re-release. Hey, to be fair, they filmed others and just not yeah. released them. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. they filmed multiple. <laughs> <laughs> and just not released yeah. them. So, how do they? Can we talk about Batgirl for a second? Oh, uh, please. Just uh, what the movie only cost? Like, what was it? Seventy-five million. That is pocket change poor, to Warner Brothers. Poor, poor. What's it, Leslie Jordan? Gosh, just Leslie Jordan, Brendan Fraser, Michael Keaton coming back for the yeah. first time. It's yeah. like all this stuff, and it's like. Why would you cancel this and not something that's like I don't know going to cost you two hundred million dollars? Like it's it's it you're saving pennies no to one, spend a dollar. No one wants a Batgirl movie anyway. I mean, obviously, no one wanted that <sighs> film. No one will even notice if we just don't release it. Yeah, it'll it'll get leaked. It'll these movies they can you name one time where a movie was like outright withheld by a studio and didn't find its way onto the internet. Deadpool. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, no, there is one. Uh Solo, the Lord Miller cut. That still has not found its way to uh, Oh the yeah. But that's like Disney security where it's like top top secret buried in a salt mine in the middle of Nevada or yeah, some no, shit. They they like digitally recreated John Wick in real life to protect that cut of the film. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way that that gets to see the light of day. That's never getting it out. Yeah. Honestly, I would like to see it. It'd be better than the one we got. Oh, I just—I bet it's sacrilegious as fuck. I bet that's what. I bet that's why. I bet it. Had that's just... probably why it was probably like you know poking fun at the universe of Star Wars. It's like 
you know, like that's isn't that Han Solo's character? He all he says all of this stuff is bullshit. That's his character. <laughs> True. So okay, if if we let's let's boil down the lessons from phase four and and talk about what we want to see in phase five. Like we kind of have a vague idea of where things look like it's moving for Marvel going forward. Um, from from what you guys have gleaned off of this phase, which like as robust as it is, there's not many misses in here either. When I'm looking at this this list of shows, they're all like at least C plus quality. Like I think yeah. Eternals and Thor end up being really the only like, and Black Widow. Um, those three really be, uh, end up being the hangers on. Yeah, I you know it's it's. I have such a hard time with the MCU because when you're spending as much money as they're spending on these films and have the quality of talent making them as they do and you know they they have all the tools in their hands and just keep putting out like such mediocre films mm, like yeah. it is it's really frustrating as a as a you know as a creative storyteller um that it is so blatant these these things are just to churn out money at this point um and i just like the, my biggest thing in going into phase five and i know absolutely this isn't going to happen because it's not in the model but like just let these films exist on their own without being a fucking trailer for the next five years of movies yeah <laughs> you know like God, just let them exist. And if you're going to make a bold claim and say this is going to be horror and dark and, you know, in a way that we've <laughs> never done before, then my God, I better, like, it actually better be that. Because um, God, Doctor Strange was so disappointing to me in that regard. Moon Knight was so disappointing to me in that regard. Like, Ooh, I ended um, up really liking Moon Knight. That's I hate Moon Knight. I hate Moon Knight. I think. Really? Oh yeah. I have. That's a whole other podcast we could we could do <laughs> about my okay, issues well, with Moon Knight. Like, what are the? Yeah. What are what are the the cliff notes? I guess. Um. It's it's an insulting depiction of mental health. Um. Mm. And the storytelling is is not not well done um in the way in the methods of which it was released and also that accent was atrocious and he should be ashamed fair uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah i definitely i i'm i'm always hesitant around any kind of like talk around mental health in these like big corporate s spaces where like it's it's really sanitized it's really like not focused on it's not talked about well like, the it's amount used of as research. a plot device right like and yeah. that's and that's yeah the, and which is really hard with with that character to be you know to be fair when it comes to the character of <laughs> moon knight the mental health is a plot device which is tricky but like it's also 2022 and we know better um and well, it's 2023 now for the last well, like, what, yeah. 11 days <laughs> um when it came when the when the show came out you know and and we know oh, better yeah, yeah. and like it it's just it was really really frustrating to see people like try and say it's like some great advocacy of mental health i'm like it's not at all it's not bringing any sort of awareness or anything. It's just a plot device. Well, yeah, because um, the, the, the final lesson of the show is, oh, yeah, the doctor was evil the whole time. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not useful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tricky. That character that character and storyline, it's, it's very, very tricky. Um, and I think it could have been – I think if they really wanted to say something and do something really cool – with you know in in a good way bringing it an uh enlightenment i guess about about mental health they could but that wasn't the show they were trying to make um yeah, yeah. and that was what was really really disappointing yeah i'd say personally the biggest failing of uh phase four um the cgi department because they got completely overworked and screwed over out of overtime oh, yeah. by disney's business practices that needs to stop that needs to stop and if you if I want if I could have anything in the world anything in the world my one wish do less movies and give the CGI artists more time and more money that's I, it 
Yeah, I don't even think less is necessarily the move here. It's just we don't have to get something exactly when it's supposed to come out if it needs more time for CGI. Like I think yeah, these timelines are fake. Time like what, do you, what they're, they're they're putting a finish line in front of them that they created. They're they're not fake because they do have like they have content and like merch coming out around it. And, well, and, and it's so, and it's also to make their year. That's really what it comes yeah, down yeah. to. It's about to make their year, and you know it's it has always been the Marvel way. It has always been the Disney way. Um, you know, like it, it, uh, for instance, when I worked at Marvel, um, you did not send books to print late. They went to print when they were supposed to go to print. If that meant you're in the office until 3 a.m., you know, on the phone with creators, splitting the book between seven different artists just to make sure it goes to print on time, that's what you're doing. And are you getting paid 30 grand a year to do that? Absolutely. Like, that's just kind of how Marvel is. You know, I'm not justifying it, but like, that is how they operate. And when you are, when you own, the IP of the most beloved franchises and characters around the world, you know, the a thousand girls would kill for this job type IP, you can get yeah. away with it because they they know that if you say no, there are literally millions of other people who will take this job for less money and they can exploit the shit out of that and they do it and they do it and they do it and they do it and they do it. And they're not going to stop until every single, you know, special effects company in the world says fuck no we're not gonna do this and then they're gonna be like great here's this awesome ai computer you know 13 year old who will do it for five dollars right that's what's gonna uh, happen like it's it's it, sorry like it's it's it sucks to be cynical but also it kind of is reality no yeah. totally and and like and i i I hear what you're saying, and and so maybe my I can answer in capitalism. What if if, <laughs> if if the Marvel MCU line is a car factory in this metaphor? I wish they were a little less Ford and a little more Ferrari. I wish they weren't trying to crank out a certain amount by a certain time to meet broad audience and instead we're focusing in on no we're gonna we're gonna do a new car a year but like we're investing in making that like the most streamlined perfected thing and the quality is what will make us our money as a company but they don't give a shit about quality when they can pull in a billion dollars six times a year yeah yeah I mean, yeah, Doctor Strange 2 made a billion dollars. Did it deserve it? No, and they have proven that. They've proven they can shit out aggressively mediocre films and still make a billion dollars. So why did bother it trying? Did really make a billion dollars? It did. Yeah. Yep. Holy yep. shit. So why, why, why? Why even try? They're still going to get nominated for awards. They're still, you know, like, it doesn't matter. People are still going to see it. We're, you know, we're wow. in the, we're in the time of like, well, I'm going to still pay my 20 bucks to go see this movie just so I can have my hot take tweet. So it doesn't matter. Mm, yeah. I mean, I just went to see Black Panther 2 a couple days ago because I just wanted to have a, a discussion with it on this, a discussion about it in this conversation. But that's, that's like, you know, Avatar 2, right? That just came out. This film that everyone has yeah. been talking Why does this film exist? Who wants to see this? Who even cares about this? Who, whatever. You know how many people I saw, like, say they went and see the movie just so they can have, you know, their hot take response to it? And then it made right. all yeah. the money it's making. And I'm like, congratulations. You just told them you'll pay to see it. Um, and that's all they take away from it. They don't take away that, oh, we thought it was bad, or we thought it was stupid, or we thought it was too long, or, 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 or. They see dollars, so it doesn't matter. Right. right. So we have a, a responsibility as film fans to, what, I guess not encourage that? What it, What is the... what, what <laughs> ha, ha, Pirate I, the shit? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the takeaway. I want to encourage everyone. I you know, uh, I, I think the big thing, my 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 encouragement is to go see films that aren't Disney. You know, um uh, wait to see that stuff on your Disney Plus. But if you want to tell Disney we want quality shit, then you need to see, you know, those A twenty four movies need to be making a billion dollars. Those, yeah. you know, like 
Uh, I just saw yesterday the trailer for Bo is Afraid, right? And that, yeah. oh my God, I'm already saying that's going to be my favorite film of 2022. Um, you know, to me, it looks like a, a, a good uh, contender to be the next everything everywhere all at once. Um, yeah. And like, those are the films that need our support. Marcel with a shell on, right? Those, yeah. uh, Marcel the shell with the shoes on, there you go. Those are the films that need our support. The whale, those are the films that need our support. And everyone, you know, we all want our popcorn, Disney MCU stuff. So pay your $10 a month for Disney Plus. That's fine. And watch everything there. Um, but if you want to tell the major studios that we actually give a shit about quality, then you need to be spending your money on quality films. Yeah, yeah. Let mm -hmm. the menu go to HBO Max before you watch. <laughs> yeah, don't watch that. <laughs> I'm not saying. I was don't, like aggressive. I was aggressively angry after I finished that. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm just saying like let it go to streaming first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you guys? Did, just a little thing. Did you guys catch why? Um, Spoiler for the very end of Black Panther 2, you know why the, his son is named T'Challa in the film? Why? Because they can still do the Aurora Monroe T'Challa marriage when they get the X-Men into the universe. <laughs> oh. Planning out for the next phase. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so we've got some rumored stuff in the pipeline. Um, what are you guys excited for that that it has been announced that's coming up that um, has been, like, kind of offhand announced coming up? I'm thinking of Wolverine and Deadpool. Like, that's yeah, just, same. that whole announcement is just so wild to me, and yet it makes sense, too. I'm really... It better be R-rated. I'm really excited about that. I think it absolutely will. I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know. I have no insider knowledge on this, but the last book I did at Marvel was Deadpool versus old man logan um oh, shit. and i'm really hoping they're pulling from that i really 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 am hoping i've no i i don't know either way but it would also make sense um if they were so that's my giant fingers crossed and then just yeah. the continued hints about getting to the young avengers like i want that so bad <sighs> we'll see do you think they're brave enough to frame a whole Avengers movie around The Breakfast Club? Oh, because, like, man! I, could, I really think that that would be the home run. That would be so good. Like, Avengers <laughs> in detention. <laughs> <laughs> then the base gets taken over by... Yeah, yeah, I've, you could totally <laughs> do something like that. That would be That would be really fun. That would be cool. Yeah. Something simple. Like, that's the biggest problem with all these movies of Phase 4. Why is every single threat an Avengers-level threat? But that's, but that's, uh, that's, that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's just also comic books, you know? Like, that's mm, just kind of yeah. how that, it, I remember not saying it was, you know, good by any means, but um, when Rebirth happened in the DC Comics line, I read, you know, all the number ones of every single issue and every single issue was a justice league level threat all happening mm. at the same time as you know like across the globe and like all of this stuff and like that's just kind of comics that's just kind of how it is yeah um not saying it's necessarily the right move but um that's that's what we're trained that's how comics are um you know every every uh godzilla movie right like godzilla's out to take down a city so um but yeah. i do i do want a quiet i i would like a more indie feeling mcu film i agree like we've kind of we kind of gotten there with the tv shows but i would really like to see a quieter side of the mcu and a little bit more yeah. you know give, give give greta gerwig an mcu film my god that's <laughs> what i want <laughs> There's a pitch. All right. No, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to tee that up. Greta Gerwig's uh MC. Greta Gerwig's Gwenpool. Oh my god, yeah. All right. All right. Heather, you co-created Gwenpool, didn't I you? I did. She's my girl. <laughs> I mean, would you would you be into as a co-creator? Is that a is that a pitch you're into? I'm into it. I'm absolutely into it. I am yeah. I could do that. I can, I, oh man, I can even imagine like the advertising around it, like calling attention to the fact that this is meant to be like like a 
you know, indie movie companion piece to the Deadpool world, you know, as you try to like link in branding and other things like that. It would be so fun to be like, oh, we're going to the Oscars. <laughs> the MCU goes to the Oscars. <laughs> if she can do Barbie, she can do Gwenpool. I think Listen, so. And she's swinging for the fences with that Barbie trailer. I am what the so fuck? stoked. Oh my God, that looks so good. There will be no kids in the theater. It will be all 40-year-olds showing up. <laughs> it's going to be kind of weird, but it will probably make some kind of money at the theater. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? The amount of she's, they's, and gays that are going to be going to see that film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That's going to be a cult cl- It's all like I feel like it's already a cult classic. People are just claiming movies like that now. Do you guys... Megan is now a cult classic, and it's been out in theaters for like a week. What? Yeah. Just fully adopted by the queer community. They just, Nope, this is ours. Yum, 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 yum. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. You know, I love it. I love that. I love it when an audience is found, like when when a movie just finds a real audience and yeah. it's like it's love at first sight. I love that. That's why that's why mm. they're made, man. That's why. Well, unless they're MCU and then they're just made for money. But. <laughs> but it, that was the th- that was the big push back when DC started their movies, back when Snyder did Man of Steel. They the executives were like, we're going to do director-focused movies. Yeah. They threw that out right after Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, everybody saw, oh, this is what's going on in Zack Snyder's head. We don't like it. So why don't we change gears? <laughs> Give him all of them. And try to have a little more oversight. Yeah, as I look back through the list, like like Aquaman is is definitely very big-budget James Wan. Um, but it doesn't feel like a James Wan movie. Yeah, not really. I mean, it does at times. It does at times, but well, I, 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 I was talking to a friend of mine about this, and I've come to believe that movies like that are not made by filmmakers. They're made by engineers. Oh yeah, people like Zack Snyder and James Cameron—they're not filmmakers. They're engineers. Most of their stuff is done in a computer. Yeah, they're barely there. So you can say all you want, like, oh, Zack Snyder has a great visual style. Most of that is a green screen. <laughs> yeah, it's not that exciting to me. Yeah, but he told them where to put the green screen. <laughs> <laughs> that makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess I'm. I'm not judging the the brush of the artist. Um, you know, if they if they're gonna paint with CGI, they're gonna paint with CGI. I I, I think that's what I appreciate about Zack Snyder is that he makes it look more like painting than, you know, CGI. Like he he makes it look like an art form. Um, yeah. sui- James Gunn's Suicide Squad was a lot of James Gunn um, mm-hmm. and Peacemaker, uh, definitely. But, like, again, he runs the, the show now, so, like, what am I fucking saying? Yeah, thank God. Put somebody in charge that has a vision, I, I, thankfully. I, yeah, I, I, my only... My only fear with James Gunn taking over, and this is just pure projection like you know who knows if is i just i i want every film to still have its own identity and like james gunn has like such a distinctive style and such a distinctive voice that you know like a lot of people were upset about how broy and dark and moody and not understanding the characters is Zack snyder's films you know I'm just worried that James Gunn is going to be almost too far in the other direction of, you know, so focused on dark humor and jokes and the music. And and not to say I don't enjoy his films. I do. I just don't know if I mm. want a whole universe that is just that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm not in those meetings. I don't know what he's pitched. I don't know what conversations he's had. Um, but like, if, if just going off of the Suicide Squad, which, you know, was a good film on its own, um, I don't know if I want a whole line of films that's that, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. If you want a good feel about it, watch, uh, Peacemaker. There's some really dark stuff in that show. There is. No. And that's, but that's, that's my fear. That's my concern. Um, is... You know, and like there was a lot of stuff in Suicide Squad that I'm just like, 
I get what you're doing, James. I don't know if this is the way to do it. Um, yeah. And, like, I don't think this is necessarily funny. I think this is more fucked up and kind of, like, I don't not the venue, but, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see, you know, we'll see. Especially, like, this is, we're going to take someone who did this Suicide Squad and now give him, and Peacemaker, and now give him the keys to Wonder Woman Superman. That kind of makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, uh, when, when you have a, a universe like this, you almost want all your different properties to have unique tones so that when they team up, it becomes like, like you're having the fun of clashing those tones. Right tones and genres and things and and so yeah no totally a, a very samey dark and jokey uh all suicide squad dc universe sounds awful right and that's and yeah. that's and not to say that that is what it's going to be by any way totally. future form, no absolutely but you know one of the major successes of the mcu is tonally every single one of those you know the key films feels like its own hero and feels like its own voice whether you like it or not yeah. it does um and that gave you something excited to look forward to when they came together and that is just my like i don't know if i want to see what james gunn's superman is man <laughs> like, i just right. i don't know <laughs> well and uh, I, th I think the reason i hold out hope in the opposite direction is because of a his background in trauma moving out of that into like the wider film space and and how he managed to move that over into Marvel, he's picked up a lot of lessons. Yes. I mean, he's a big producer at Marvel. Yes. And so I think I think his ability to like release the creative vision to the other directors. Cause like I, as of right now, their upcoming films are Shazam Fury of the Gods, which I think is totally done shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So the I mean, those are kind of all tinged with the Snyderverse as of yet. Like I, I yeah. doubt if any of those come out without any of that feeling. So it, it would be after that before we can even appreciate what James Gunn's universe would be. And I, I hope at that point that he's not trying to like, I, I hope he turns into a Kevin Feige. I think is. is I agree. Then, here. I hope he. Yeah. I hope he leans back and just says, "No, I know good directors. I know how to pull talent out, they're, and they're going to make their their own pockets of universe, and then he'll oversee how to gel those genres together." In their I teammates, I agree, hopefully. and I and I hope and 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 ha and I have more faith in him doing that than Warner Brothers allowing that, and I think that's my other concern, totally. yeah. right? Like, right. Um, you know, because that's that's the difference between. Well, it's nice if James Gunn trusts you, but um, we need you to get rid of all of these great character beats and world world development moments and just have a big CG fight scene in Act Three. Thanks, bye. Right, like that's that's the concern. Can Worst Warner phone Brothers call you could ever receive? Can Warner Brothers <laughs> let go? And right. I have so little faith in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ever since the acquisition by Discovery, it's been kind of a fire sale going over there like how many properties have basically been removed from hbo max at this point seth oh my god yeah i'm just like uh, so many things that I, that i've sunk hours and hours into watching too and like no digital release i can't get raised by wolves i can't get um a bunch of their series that i was into what, what was that yeah yeah, yeah, and and so like I'm I'm even wondering if this conversation's like already dated. Like, is James Gunn even a, an official head of the thing over the next year, or is that even going to shake up and change? Mm hmm. I mean, it's all up in the air, but we'll see. But I ultimately MCU is doing much stronger because at least even though the films are mediocre in some ways, there's some that are really strong, like Black Panther two, and there's then you have things like. Thor and Doctor Strange were kind of like, bleh. <laughs> you know, we'll see how that uh, Blade movie works out. Apparently, they uh, completely stopped shooting on Blade because uh, it's a mess. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, apparently there was only two fight scenes in the whole movie, and they just stopped shooting because they realized, oh, we didn't read the script before we sent it to shoot. Maybe do that before you oh, send it to shoot. Uh, yeah, this what? is what happens when you have too much. You have too much stuff in the pipeline, and you don't actually, you know, look at the content you're making. You know, so Blade also really felt like a out of nowhere addition. Like, like it, it doesn't feel like it fits anywhere. The, like the sword gets slapped onto the end of Eternals with yep. no like 
just to squeeze that character in there, and then even like Feige's announcement around it and bringing out um, uh, Marshal Ali, like that whole thing felt like very last minute. Like, oh no, 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 we got this thing cooking in the background. And it's like, and it's PG thirteen, so you have a problem there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just like Morbius. <laughs> okay, I will say for for all of Black Adam's issues, for it was PG thirteen and and very violent. Like they are. A, I I think you could potentially do PG thirteen very violently now. Oh, in, you in absolutely can't. Yeah, you absolutely can. You just can't do blood, and that's the problem with Blade. Right. Yeah. With Blade, you yeah. Just, Morbius, you, all you the blood is is deleted. Blood. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's that's your that's your PG thirteen rating, and that's why you got those CGI yeah. skull situations in Black yeah. Adam is because exactly. it had to be PG thirteen, and I guarantee there's a cut that exists out there where it is a rated R cut. Um, and I want to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to watch that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What a, what a, what a state for, for Cape films right now. Are are there any like outside dark horses? I feel like I've been keeping my eyes peeled for whatever the next like house of superheroes is going to be. What, like, what is really popping out around this genre that's not specifically in either of these universes? Like John Wick, I feel like is the only thing that comes to mind immediately of like, oh yeah, this is like tangentially in that kind of heightened action series realm. Yeah, I mean well, nobody. Yeah. Is that? Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, and on television, of course, you have the boys, which is just killing it. Um, continuously. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just- better than the comic. Well, that's not hard. Uh, so low bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, lo- I love the comics back when I read them when I was much younger, and I read them. I tried reading them in, as an adult, and I'm kind of like, yeah, this is just kind of grim and mean spirited and dark. And that was Garth Ennis's angry years. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was his. He was very angry. He's he's mellowed out since then, but um, right. that was. It, it's definitely a hard read now. So. Very Bush era. Yeah, how much of this is um, just working within the industry, Heather? How much of this do you think is coming back to bite people? Those like really dark years through the the nineties and the early two thousands, where it was all just hateful. <laughs> um, I mean, like coming back to bite people. How? Like, and just like w- when you remeasure your IP of like what kinds of things you can dip into for for fans in any realm, comics. Uh, TV movies, you, you know, you're you're kind of bogged down by the history that comes behind you. I think about like they had to do a Death of Superman thing because that's the most famous thing that DC ran uh, for for like you know kind of associated comic book fans. So like, are you or I guess the question is, are you seeing that biting people or from that time era? It's all it's all cyclical, you know, and and that's the mm. thing. Like it's it's really interesting to see you know we're now in this kind of era and happen um for the last couple of years of comic books trying to push more so away from like the dark um era and get more whimsical and more hopeful and less 90s um and you know you see pushback about that you're going to see pushback no matter what from things um but comics are art films are art we reflect the world that we live in. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all cyclical. I, I do like to, to, interesting. to always comment though, when people are like, no, Batman's supposed to be moody and dark and grim. <laughs> and I'm just like, Batman existed before the dark Knight, And I urge all of you to read those comics. <laughs> Cause, right, cause right. Batman did not used to be, <laughs> you know, all moody and yeah. grim. Um, watch the Adam West show. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Grant Morrison run of Batman from uh, the, was it the early 2000s or no, late 2000s is really kind of silly and over the oh, top. Oh, incorporated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With Burnham. Yeah. It's really good. Really, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. I, I, my canary in the coal mine for this uh, topic is always the Punisher. Like, where's the Punisher at in the in the landscape and the context that's going to be thrilling as to where comic books are headed because like and jesse i know you can speak to this his stories go real dark Mm -hmm. and there's oh god yeah (laughs) and and so disney trying to like bring him into the current mcu with that baggage i've i've heard rumors they may incorporate him back into daredevil um which is set to shoot pretty soon in new york um i might work on it don't know yet 
Um, but there are rumors they'll put him back in, but it, it will not be as dark as it was in the Netflix show. Yeah. I mean, you can't do vigilanteism like the Punisher anymore, especially after uh, January sixth. Well, that's right. that's 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 the issue, right? Is is yeah, like if cops using that as their symbol exactly. is not a good image. You, the way you get him back in is you just have him killing cops. Well, that's the only well, way. Well, and you and you make the statement where he, you know, like he he's the bad guy. He's the, well, and he's the bad guy, but he knows he's the bad guy, and 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 and, and it needs to be, and and that's what I liked about the original Punisher on, on Netflix is the, you know, it, it was a show that had something to say again. Um, and it was too long, but yeah, yeah. but he needs to, he needs to be a bad guy, but also aware that he's a bad guy. And he knows that if, if not him, it's not going to be anyone else. Um, and then at the end, like, does he turn himself in or something like that? I don't know, but, um yeah like he's he can't be a hero <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he shouldn't that, be that's a big he, statement. he really <laughs> shouldn't be um so totally. yeah. do the do the jason aaron run where he gets killed at the end yep. that's, that's, a, that's, that's the do. thing like he right he he needs to go down at the end of it um yeah. and not be lauded as some sort of good guy at the end of it um he should be scary people should be afraid of him um but should people be afraid of where the MCU is headed? I want to wrap this up. Uh, Heather, your final thoughts, how you're feeling moving into phase five. That's that's where I want to end this. Tired. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel that too. Tired. Um, cautiously optimistic. Uh, please put out less. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That is a very succinct postscript there. I really, I, yeah. Yeah. Daredevil is supposed to be 18 episodes. It's going to be a 10 month shoot. Woo! Why? My life is going to be miserable for the next 10 months. Every time you see a Daredevil fan cam on, uh, on TikTok, you're going to be reminded why it's it's to it's to generate those bucks, baby. What's that? What's that image of Homelander losing his mind on the boys looking at his phone? He's like he's like laughing. He's like, right. <laughs> right. That's, that's yeah. You. That's going to be me. That's, that's me. You. Well, oh, Heather, I really appreciate you jumping on the show and talking about uh, Marvel with us. It's been a it's been a fun time, uh, kind of reminiscing back through and and taking a look at where things are. Um, Real quick here at the end, I'd love for you to plug your social media one more time for everybody. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, if you want to follow me, talk comics, talk MCU, talk anything that's not those things. Talk about the DCU movies I haven't watched yet. Um, you can follow me at, at Heather Antos on all the things. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-T-O-S. Awesome. I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Jesse, thank you for being here. Heather, thank you again for being here. Yeah. Uh, next time mm-hmm. we do a, a state of, we will, I guess we'll, we'll meet up in a year. We'll see, we'll yeah. See <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Absolutely. Uh, of course. Catch you later. Good night.